This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Dmitry Dragulev. Dmitry is the founder of Just Reach Out, a software platform which has helped 5,000 plus small businesses pitch journalists and get featured in press all without a PR firm. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Roman. <laughs> My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are now? Some of maybe the career pivots, what kind of led you and made you who you are today? Yeah, so much like you, I came here from the former Soviet bloc uh, from Moscow and uh, I was 11 and my dad stayed behind. I didn't have a father figure and um, I just kind of gravitated to my uncle. My uncle was a computer software engineer, uh, had just kind of started <clears throat> his journey into, you know, educating in, in English, learning English, learning coding, figuring out a job in the space. Uh, it was 90s, you know, and so he had a, f- a few offers and, you know, he had a job and I was like, oh, that's cool what he's doing. I, I'll try and do that. So I got a computer science degree got into computers really early. Uh, by the time I was like 18, 17, no, 16 or so, I had a uh, an internship and I had all this uh, kind of uh, career lined up in software development. And I had uh, gone after I graduated college, got my security clearance, which you know, as an immigrant, it's pretty tough to get. <laughs> and um, one day walked in, into my job three years into the security clearance job working for Department of Defense and said, I do not want to be here anymore. <laughs> Quit my job, sold everything I had, drove cross country to Silicon Valley because I heard people were starting businesses and I wanted to figure out how to do that. But I was just uh, a loner, introvert, engineer that didn't know much more than just how to code. <laughs> and so I uh, knew how to write a, a line of code, but I didn't know anything else. I didn't know how to talk to people. Yeah, and I uh, arrived in Silicon Valley, lived at a motel, and uh, got a free internship with uh, through. I got I, I enrolled in an MBA program, and the first week I met an alumni who kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ropes of um, pitching press, pitching journalists, that, that was his shtick. He was number 20 at LinkedIn, and he was an alumni at that MBA program. And this guy was incredible. He was like, one man show doing the work of what a PR firm does. I was like, I gotta figure that out. And that kind of set me in the trajectory of what I'm doing now, you know? Uh, now I run my own startup that helps you pitch journalists, and it's been seven years, and. Um, I have uh, an awesome work-life balance that I've built over the years. And I've been fortunate enough to be through a couple acquisitions with startups before. And I'm at a point in my life where I can work 20 hours a week uh, and enjoy what I do. So, (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's important for small businesses because obviously they may not have the 
the funding or the budget for a PR firm that oftentimes charges astronomical numbers for something that, you know, if you took the time or had something to kind of streamline it, can really do yourself or at least do to a certain extent. I think it's important now more than ever in this whole global pandemic, during pandemic, post-pandemic world, to really have yourself seen, especially online. So I know a lot of people like industries, like authors, had a lot of authors on because they had traditional uh, book tours and obviously in-person stuff got canceled. So then they scrambled and they saw the power of podcasting in terms of reaching audiences or target audiences and their publishers and PR firms basically moved to that trajectory. So have you kind of seen an influx of businesses that are coming to you, uh, obviously to use this, uh, the, the software or have you seen any kind of influx or user behavior in that way? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny, like uh, since everything started happening, like March and February was definitely the time when things started to slow down a bit because PR is one of those things people are like, ah, I kind of will do that later when I have my website done, when I have my product done. It's usually the worst kind of mentality from, from like planning standpoint, you should be doing PR before you have your product because it takes forever to build relationships and journalists don't really care what your website looks like. They're not even going to click on your link and check it out until you have a relationship with them. But most people don't understand that. So they're like, they wait until the very last moment. And so um, what I've seen is all this time now, people are staying at home more. Um, maybe there's less distractions. Maybe there's more distractions because people have kids and stuff. But I feel like just the mentality of being at home, you start to think about a lot more things. So you, we listen to radio less. We listen to, I don't know, like other kind of like you used to drive to work, you drive back, you kind of listen to the radio. There's less of that downtime, I guess, maybe. And so that's why... I see people coming back to, hey, PR, podcasts, and they're like, what should I really be doing? Should I be doing that? And so I started literally in May, it started to pick up. And the thing is, it's actually separating all the crazies from the really awesome products and, and, and things that you, you prefer to be using your platform. Um, I've gotten my fair share of just people that just are nuts <laughs> trying to use the platform. I have to cut them off. Um, we don't work like really well for political organizations, religious organization, advocacy groups. We just, the platform is not built for that. Uh, but um, outside of that, you know, we, we, we've done well with companies that are, you know, doing vaccine, looking for a vaccine for the, for, for the virus, or we have companies that are creating different types of, you know, um, charities to help people who are in need um, overseas and here in us um, so a lot of new sort of businesses um, that have a story to tell based on what's happening now have been contacting us i guess more at, at earlier stages in their in their uh, sort of development which has been great to see uh, i think pre-covid it has been kind of like traditional companies with brands that have, you know, 
storage companies, digital storage companies, all sorts of so t- types of kind of experts, book authors. And, and, and so now, yeah, I feel like, I don't know why, but it, you know, you, you start to see stories that matter more. I'm starting to see um, just companies uh, contacting me earlier in the game. Yeah, I think that's important. Like you said, oftentimes people want to have everything set for launching something, have a website, have all these other assets. But like you said, I think it's important to get visibility and uh, lift for that product or a brand even before you launch it. So when you do launch it, there's some kind of top of mind thought that you know you exist or at least announcing when you're going to release something. Right. Announcing it and really it's essentially it's like building relationships with journalists and figuring out how you can talk to them and figure out um, what is it that they really, really need and crave day to day. That's what you really want in, in, in a relationship. A lot of times, whatever you got them to announce, it's just not that interesting to a journalist. And so they're like, oh, I kind of don't really care. And we have data. I mean, we have tens of millions of these pitches to analyze at our fingertips so we can tell what works, what doesn't, what the journalists want in a pitch, how short should it be, how long. Um, and so it, and we kind of, we want to kill off all the PR firms, right? All the PR agencies who want you to do it yourself. So we give you all the data and the pitches and the angles to kind of use and the engine to do the pitching. Yeah, I agree. I mean, PR firms are about relationship building. So why not kind of take the middleman out and build the relationship yourself? Because I think that one-on-one direct connection is more authentic and the the journalist or, you know, the editorial team or wherever you're pitching can really see who you are more, I think, more naturally when it's coming from you versus a third party. I mean, I have a lot of guests reach out to me directly that would like to come on the show versus I have a lot of pitch like PR and now PR agencies that are solely focused on podcasts and avenues like that. Um, Obviously, some do a better job pitching than others. But I think when somebody reaches out and they're authentic about it and gives reasons why they want to be on or the message they want to share, like you said, uh, you know, charitable organizations or, you know, sharing something positive, there's a, there's a more likely chance that, you know, I'll look at that and, and have them on to really share their story. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, we have a customer that does, they're working on a vaccine at the University of Chapel Hill and they have updates to report on what's happening, what's not. We have another customer that does studies, so they'll test kids in camps and figure out what's happening in terms of transmission. Um, so the, that is like important news and information and insights that just deserves like they you see that you're like this must this happen. And we got like customers who you know have interesting uh, solutions to like remote work or productivity and education, virtual reality. We have a customer that does virtual reality for learning. Uh, so that's also interesting. Uh, and yeah, it just it really depends kind of like in the light of day of what's happening now. How do you position yourself as an expert in what you do? And how does that help the readers that read this story at the end of the day? Um, 
So when it gets to like politics, we just try and stay away from it because we we want to stay agnostic and just not uh, kind of take sides or let one group pitch over the other, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Um, I have this vision, you know, in life that I want to help people build relationships and build relationships with the right people that can help them um, be successful. And so I got good at it when I went to California and that guy, that alumni uh, who took me out of his wing started teaching me. I, the whole world opened up to me. I, I didn't know that you can email Walt Mossberg, for example, who's kind of a, you know, a Mecca and tech reporter, world technology world. He was a technology reporter from Wall Street Journal starting 1991. And he's, he's still, him and Kara Swisher started All Things D and he's a really big name, iconic. I didn't know you could just email somebody and get an interview with someone like that or, you can email Ashton Kutcher because he's into startups and get his couple of takes on what you're doing. I just didn't know that people are accessible that way. When I went to Silicon Valley, this world opened up to me. You know, the founder of LinkedIn talked to me. The founder, like Mark Zuckerberg, responded to my stuff. So it was just like, oh, I'm just a nobody, and I can get in touch with these really big name people and and converse and, and, and build a relationship somehow if I have something interesting to say. And so as a mission, I want to do more of this. And that motivates me every day to come back to work to help them do this through PR. This is a specific type of relationship, right? To get coverage and, and, and get featured in the podcast or a blog maybe, or even a publication or TV or radio. Um, I love that like anticipation. I love thinking through these angles with people. But I think overall, as, as a listener to this, it's like you need to have a vision or a mission in life or both, I'd say, uh, to really think like, how do you fit into this world and how can you help people uh, on a proactive, like, consistent basis, um, week over week, month over month by showing up and doing something? And this can be anything. This could be writing a book that people enjoy. This could be recording a podcast that people enjoy listening to, writing a blog, whatever it is. But um, there needs to be like a mission or vision. And that's when you are um, the best at what you do. You don't have to go to work. You, you're passionate about it. And so you're motivated to succeed because you just love what you're doing and you want to see more people succeed at that. So I want more people to succeed at learning how to pitch journalists and build relationships, but also build relationships with investors or people, partnerships, whatever they may be. Uh, so I write a lot about that. I educate, I have a course, I have a platform on it. Um, so that's, I found kind of what I really want to do, you know, um, and so that motivates me. But if you're listening to this, you're like, you're not sure, there's tons of resources out there, but you really got to look deep inside into kind of like who you are and what, uh, how you fit into this world, how you can help the world, you know? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people have stories to share, but they don't know how to share them. Or t they're too scared to even ask. Like that ask is, you know, you have a fear of asking or pitching or doing anything in per uh, person. 
uh, one year, I think I, I met or tried to meet. So go out and meet for free, like Max Levchin, uh, co-founder of PayPal, and Gary mm-hmm. Vaynerchuk, Gerard Adams, some other people, all free. Finding like it, it's it's time consuming. Finding events, things like that, different launches that they go to, getting into them, and then going over and having a genuine conversation, or at least a few sentences that can carry over into something else. So I think a lot of people have that fear of asking or are the fear of no as well. So the fear of no, uh, oftentimes when you start like pitching or you start getting into um, trying to get media attention or media coverage and getting those no's, they kind of deflate you. But I think it's all part of that game. And I think not necessarily your message or your brand or your product isn't necessarily the right fit for every avenue, but there are avenues and outlets out there that you know, make sense and would, you know, love to partner or feature you. It's like a psychological game a lot of times, right? With anything you start, you kind of suck at it. And we see this all the time because we cater to people who never done PR. They are, they come burned. They're like, our PR firm isn't performing or like whatever. I need to do this myself. And they sign up and there's this engine and they put in keywords and then they find a list of journalists and then they type up their, they look at our template, they type up their pitch according to our template. They hit send, 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 send. They send like 10. Nobody opens. They email me. They're like, Hey, it's not working. I probably should just quit. And, and like, maybe I could get a refund or something. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like you sent 10 emails. You maybe sent, you know, like, and, but psychologically, if they're like thinking, oh, 10 emails I sent, that was my effort. I'm like, no, you, you have to change up your subject line. Maybe you have to change up what you pitch. Maybe change up who you're pitching. Don't just give up over these 10 emails. But these 10 emails, it's like 10 no's all of a sudden. And they were hoping for at least one yes. So now, even mentally, they understand, okay, I got to do more work. But it's like, it's it's so hard. It's like, oh, I really got it. It's like doing push-ups, uh, you know, and, and burpees at home. Like you, you're never going to do as much as you do in the class that you pay 10 times as much for than you do at home. But you, you pay for the motivation from, from the class, right? Like if you don't go to class, you pay that tax. If you go to the class, they push you and you actually accomplish it. And same here. It's like psychologically, you need a yes almost right away. That's why we have... Another tool in there that's like, just answer journalist questions. So you don't have to guess at what they really want. You just like answer their questions. So we have like a bunch of journalists asking questions. And then they're like, what's the best performing technique for, you know, doing this? And if you, you can answer it, great, you get featured. It's a little, the bar is a little bit lower for people to get featured. Once you get a few of those yeses, they're like, oh, cool. I got like a little link here. I got a reference there. And that pushes them to do more, to perform better. Uh, so that positive reinforcement in the beginning, or the little steps, taking little steps, just like with anything, is really important. Um, I always, even if you get a response, right, from journalists. So I always tell people, don't pitch your stuff in the beginning. Like, go and promote their articles and let them know you promoted it. Like, promote it on Quora, or Twitter, or Facebook, or Instagram. And just email a journalist or a blogger or a podcaster and be like, dude, love it. Love what you put out. I just promoted it. Put a little comment in there. And that's how you can start relationships, you know. That's, that's a good way to kind of think about it. Then you get responses. You get that positive reinforcement. You're a jazz. And you can keep doing it, you know. 
So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? You know, I used to get down on myself as as far as what I've accomplished a lot. So I this all this stuff was new to me. I've never built a startup of my own before. I look at other startups and this is very common to everyone else. Uh, and you think, oh, you know, this team has raised X million of dollars. They have, uh, you know, maybe a hundred people. Um, this one in four years has grown this much. This one is hockey stick growth. And you look at yours, you're like, well, we we're doing okay, you know, but we're not raising lots of money. We're not scaling like crazy. We're not, and you know, you look at other companies, you're like, Oh, maybe so. And so that negativity, that mindset really hurts you. Like the way you perceive your business, the way I perceive what you've accomplished, it hurts your brand, your reputation. Cause that's how you start talking to people. You start thinking that you haven't accomplished enough. Your podcast gets 100,000 downloads. My podcast gets 5,000. I'll never get to 100,000. You know, that guy, he just was lucky. He got these big guests and now I can't really reach him because how am I going to do it? And so that negative trend makes you kind of doubt yourself and, and just perceive your life, your work life or your personal life or both and in a wrong light. Right. And so it wasn't until Dan Martell came into my life. I ended up, uh, he ended up becoming my coach and I signed on later on to do his Academy, which is uh, kind of like a group coaching program that he runs now. And I think one of the most important parts of the whole thing, I signed on to like learn how to do sales and, and do this, all these, tactical things but one of the important things is we we sat down to to have lunch and he he's like well tell me a little bit about like what's going on so i started talking about kind of like well you know the business you know this is what's happening with it and i was telling him some metric he's like hold on i don't like your language like what like the way like your tone your language i just like your 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 like your face the way you talk about this like your gestures like like, are you excited about this? Like, do you really want to like be doing this? Or like, are you like in prison or something? I'm like, well, no, I love what I'm doing. He's like, well, you're talking like you're running this thing into a ground or something. I'm like, no, I think we're doing well. He's like, well, wh why all the negativity? Like what? And so he taught me like how to think and live the goal that you have in six months. So I'm, I want to be at, 500,000 uh, ARR by, you know, year end. So I'm already thinking that way right now as if I already have it and I'm already scaling higher. I actually live it in my mind. I know it's not true, but I believe that it's true already. And it changes the way you kind of perceive your life, the way you perceive, and then you eventually start to gravitate towards it because you're kind of like living in an alternate reality. Like you're already living as if you accomplished some high goal that, and obviously, you know, sometimes you don't get there, but it definitely helps you perform better, talk better, and just think about what you do better day to day. Right. And that was an important lesson for me that, um, right up until a couple of years ago, I really, you know, I've been through two acquisitions. I built the startup from the ground up. 
Um, but I just did not understand this properly. And, and part of it, maybe it's my upbringing, you know, like, um, like that Russian culture of, you know, you got to suffer to kind of like <laughs> be a true deep person with a soul, you know, I was always like, ah, you just got to kind of power through it. You know, my ancestors, everyone was, you know, uh, and so, yeah, I think this was an important lesson. I think a lot of people struggle with it and they don't talk about it. Um, a lot of people get up every day and they kind of think, oh, what am I, what am I doing here? I'm not growing as fast as everyone else or I don't have as much, you know, clout as everyone else. I'll never get there. Or if I get there, it'll be forever. Um, and if you think that way, that's where you're going to go, basically. And if you think completely different and it's a mindset it's like you know one of the things that martel put in is a mindset coach like not a sales coach not a marketing coach but a mindset coach and this mindset coach is like it's like a different breed for founders to be working that way because um, no matter how much you have you're always feeling this way i feel like i've, I've met a lot of founders struggle with this you know yeah i think it's hard i think it's human nature to compare yourself to people doing the same things or people around you like you said so why isn't my company doing the levels that this company is why did they get the breaks and it's kind of like putting your blinders on and kind of keeping in your own lane in a way because if you have all that self-doubt it may have you stop what you're doing or pivot when you're not supposed to and I think that kind of positive affirmation telling yourself that you're reaching the goal, you reach the goal or what you have in front of you, like every day you're going to do it. These are the things you have to do. I think it really changes the way you think in terms of success. And ultimately, I mean, I say it all the time, like your mind is kind of your, your, your biggest kind of hurdle is yourself. It's a you versus you battle. So you have to get out of your own head. And oftentimes that first step of vulnerability, regardless, starting a business, pivoting, staying on track, you know, it's, it's you taking it and, and you're in a fearful uh, state, but often that fear and that kind of environment breeds the, the, like the highest levels of success. Yeah. Just keep pushing and, and it's okay that you messed up and you fell down and like, you've done all sorts of random stuff in the bat. And what matters is like, where are you going next? Where is this developing? What's the next month looking like? Three months, six months. And just keep painting and repainting that vision for yourself, uh, whatever you're doing, you know. Yeah, I agree. And then obviously, if you've had failures, because growing something, you had to have failed, I think, more than succeeded. Most people, at least. I mean, there's like the Michael Jordan thing. You missed majority of the shots, but the ones he made, obviously, there were big shots. But it's taking those things and not being down on yourself like, you know, I suck or, you know, I'm bad at so-and-so. It's learning from them and then applying them to the next thing that may be even a bigger hurdle in terms of your business or your personal life. And I always say, if you were never going to make a cent out of this venture, would you still do it? And a lot of people will say no, you know, and that's something to think about. Maybe it's fine to continue doing this and you know that you're in this for the money and you need the, the, the money stimulation. That's one of the things, one of the things, but like you were saying, what drives you to succeed every day? 
that's an important factor where it's like, if I knew that I wasn't going to make a penny out of just reach out, it was going to close down in like 10 years for some reason, you know, and I'd still be here helping people build relationships with bloggers, journalists, and podcasts because I love doing so. And I think strongly that if you're using a PR firm, you should quit and do it your, your own. And I have a lot of information on how to do this and I should share it with the world and help them. And so picking something like that too is, is important kind of together with that positive mindset. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience? So I think if you're building a business or you want to get to a place where you are financially independent, or at least you are not dependent on a boss for a paycheck, right? It could be that, you know, you, you still got to show up to work and you got to put in, you know, 50 hours a week, but uh, you, you love what you're doing. If you want to get to that point, one of the things that I always say to people is really digging deep inside. And there's tons of resources out there on this, but figuring out that passion of yours and figuring out how to marry that with what people need. And that's really like, that's where a lot of people just go wrong, right? People go for the security, like the secure job because you have kids. People go and do things because their elders tell them to do so, their parents tell them to do so, and because whatever happens in their life, like they must do this. But it's never too late to reassess. We have people that, you know, like at 60 years of age become doctors when all their life they used to ride a garbage truck. They used to drive a garbage truck. So, and now as doctors, they're doing telemedicine and doing PR. So I meet all sorts of people. So I'd say just reassess where that passion is and expertise of yours and how to marry that with what people need in the world. And dig deep at it because that's where I feel like joy and a lot of like um, kind of work-life balance will stem from. And then I think based on that, you can figure out what it is that you want to do in life. And then if you already know what you do, what you want to do in life, then the number one thing, as I was saying, is uh, positive mindset and thinking about um, the world. Uh, in a positive mindset, which is a huge job these days and anytime really, but it it just it just needs to be done for you to be be productive and happy and and just normal day to day, right? You want to uh, have a, a good life, and so I think those two things, like one is figuring out what the heck you want to do and how that will benefit the society, the world in the greatest sense, and then two, and how you belong there. And two is um, the positive mindset there. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of find that uh, middle ground, the things that you're passionate or what makes you passionate and what you're good at, what you can add value in, what you can help others in. And obviously, can you improve in that? Are you an expert in that? But like really going to work or waking up if you're remote, and really enjoying what you're doing, especially if you're helping people directly or indirectly, you, that job is no longer per se a job because you enjoy it and you enjoy that time spent both working and obviously that extra satisfaction of helping others. Yeah, like just think like, I don't know, if you're listening to this, you must be 25, 30 maybe, I don't know, maybe you're 35, maybe you're 40. But let's say you have what, like, 
40 years uh, left in your life, maybe 35. We don't think of it because it just feels like a lot. But like if we break that 35 years down or 40 years down, you're like, well, by the time I'm 70, well, maybe it's like 30 years, right? It's like, what am I doing this year to really make most of it? Because, you know, like death is coming for everybody, right? So we're going to die. So it's like, how do you make sure that you're having most fulfilled life? And how do you make sure that everyone else around you benefits from it? And that's where you just have to work at it because we kind of grow up, we get education, we get some job where we kind of fall into one thing that we're good at. But then like, am I really passionate about it day to day? Like if I had my choice right now that, and start making those changes, you know, to be at the place where you want to be, like, don't wait for anything. There's no, there's no waiting. Right. I interviewed uh, the founder of Overstock, the CEO of Overstock, Patrick Byrne. He had a disease when he was um, younger and they told him that he's going to die in, in, um, in three months or six months. And so he, he was married. And, and so he was like, oh, I got to reassess my life. You know, what am I going to do? In six months, I'm dying. I'm definitely not showing up to work every day. Like, what? And so he's reconnecting with relatives and all that. And so then... Um, they found something where it said, oh, it might be actually 12 months for you. So after those six months, he went through that insane, like mental, uh, just exercise and reconnecting with everyone and just saying goodbyes and, and making sure every, he, everything he wanted to do is done right in this world. And then the next six months kind of was a similar thing. And, you know, eventually he actually, you know, survived and, and, but he, and they found a cure for what he had, but he, um, he learned to live in six month increments and that six month increment, he really tried to push himself to live the most fulfilled life possible. You know, like sure. They were recorded some business, some work. It's not like you're just going to go out and start, you know, eating everything you can or whatever, like traveling everywhere. But, um, but even to this day, and this has been many, many years since then now, um, I have his interview on my blog, but it's like, man, like that's just such a, and we forget, like everybody will forget that. Even him, he's like, I've kind of dialed it down, but he's still every six months, it's like at the back of his mind. He's like, oh, I might die in six months. So what do I do in these six months to really live the most productive, fulfilled life. And that it really stems from kind of your core, like what are you passionate about? How can you help others um, around you? Yeah. And I think it's important to take advantage of time because time is not going to wait just because you didn't want to do it now and put it off. Then in 10, 20 years, you can't reverse it. You regret the things you never did, not the things you did. And then maybe they failed, but you learn from them. And especially as a good, you know, example of this whole COVID, you know, quarantine climate globally, what have you been doing? Obviously, there's been people laid off, people fired, businesses closing, but what can you do to kind of take and make most of the time and possibly pivot into something you may have not, you know, ever thought of as a career or ways to help people? Um, I think this is a good time to reassess uh any kind anytime there is a crisis or um, recession or anything that's kind of disruptive like this uh it kind of 
forces everyone to reassess what they're doing in life. Some people more than others. I think anybody who is listening to this, and in my personal view, I, I reassessed, you know, how I uh, work and how much time I spend on email and responding to people and how much time I spend with kids and my family, because obviously daycare is not what it used to be. And, you know, it helped me embrace spending time with family more than the business. And yes, the business suffers from it. Yes, we we lose business and customers. We have angry customers, but it also reinforces my relationship with, you know, loved ones, family. And uh, for me, start, I started saying, you know, I want to live the 20 hour a week lifestyle, right? I, I'm just going to shut the computer down and that's going to be it. I don't have email on my phone. I have a crappy iPhone 5S um, and it really doesn't work well anymore. Uh, but I prefer it that way because I can use my phone for work and um, I don't answer email as much. Now, I used to be in block zero. I'm moving to not anymore. And so I'm actually working on basically becoming less responsive in my business, which will probably, you know, set the business downward maybe somewhat, but at the same time, spending a lot more time with family and kids. And I feel happier, you know, like I worry a little bit about my business more, but I actually feel happier not having, I don't have anything on my phone at all. I don't have email. Um, I, I literally like my phone is just this, right? So I'm just anybody who's listening to this, I'm showing room in my, my home screen and I got just my maps and my, my camera and my phone. I don't even have text. I, to text, I have to slide down. I'm working on getting rid of text, but <laughs> so I'm trying to be less connected actually during this crazy COVID uh, time. But I, that's a huge move from my end to kind of reassess my priorities and where I'm at life to live life differently. I think anybody's listening to this, you might have a goal in your life too. And you're like, well, I, I kind of want to start a blog or I want to start a podcast or I want to do this or that, you know, dig deeper into why you want to do it, dig deeper into the uniqueness of it, dig deeper into why people would listen to it over others, but then kind of march to the orders and just make it happen. You know, just, tomorrow say, you know, I'm, I'm going to close down the laptop. It's going to be pain and you can have a little journal, uh, to read, you know, like I have a journal here that I kind of write things in, but, uh, just, just make it work, you know, for yourself. So I'm always, um, a buddy of mine, same, same deal. He's like, I'm like, dude, get the email off your phone. He's like, dude, I'm just this, like my head is exploding. There's so much stuff going on. I, I'm like stressed. I'm like, dude, you're stressed because you're freaking looking at your phone the whole time. I think everybody's doing this, right? Just get IG, Facebook, and email off your phone. And he's like, well, I can do email off, but IG and Facebook, like, that'll be tough, man. Like, I, like, yeah, I know it's going to be tough. Like, he did it. Then he put it back on. He's like using it less. I'm like, no, man, just cut it off. You'd be much better. He's working through that now, but, um, yeah, it's hard to do clean breaks like that, make decisions. We're always reasoning, you know, the back of our head. We're like, oh, what if, what if that, what if this? Yeah, I agree. 
So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, just uh, go to justreachout.io and then you'll see all the contact information on there. There's about page, um, justreachout.io. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Cool. Thanks for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.